Talk Recorded live. Aquila here. Who's on the call? Hello.
Hello? Hello? Uh, hey. Hello? Hello? Oh, hi there. Hi, how are you? Hey, good. How's yourself? All right. Who's speaking? That's an all fan. I'm sorry? Law fan. Law fan. Law fan. Yes. Okay, I got it. So how you this? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. You're not on... You're not uh, on... Uh, Kurt, Kurt Kalmbach's call. No, I'm not. Uh, no. No, I don't What's even know why she is. I don't. I'm sorry. Uh, hang on, I gotta mute her now. All right, because I don't know who that is. Right. Yeah, I'm on multiple calls at the moment. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, multitasking, you know. Oh, okay. Well, I hope others join my call. I'm gonna. Keep it going. I'll just do that at least. Yeah, I think everyone's on Kurt's call, eh? It's all right. A few might come on my call. You never know. Yeah, true, true. Um, they, they're closing up soon, and anyway, this call's closing up. All right, you can listen. Or maybe you can type in that chat to my IT number, and maybe they can join soon enough. That'd be nice. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll I'll try and get people to go over. Thank you. All right, I'm here. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go back to. Good Thank you. Now. Thank you very much. Yeah. See you later. Yep.
Hello? Hello, I'll be here. Who's speaking? Uh, 12 in. Okay. Great. I um I post I posted your link around places. Okay. I got you a couple of Yeah, I got I got you a couple of um listeners. Yeah. Yeah, I see some people is uh coming in, yep. Yeah, I got nothing really to talk about there. <laughs> okay. Every well, I think everybody has something to talk about, but doesn't matter. Uh, oh yeah, I I I got to hit off for a bit, but I'll call, I'll call back in later. Sounds good. Yeah. So um, I see. Is it Mike on the call? Um. Yes, actually, he is. Yeah. Um, maybe. Yes. Yeah, I don't know, say something I'm open, I'll, I've got to go. Alrighty. Okay, good. I'll talk to Mike, maybe. Okay, Mike, can you hear me? Hey. Mike? Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, that's good. I'm glad you're here. I'm already let Vital know and try to call Leo. We are here yeah, to Leo back. So we'll see who comes back on. And I'll keep it going for a while. Why not? Yeah, I'm just trying to Skype him. Because actually he has Skype to try to call me. So it's like, where are you? Where are you? <laughs> Cause I've been yeah, besides my, uh, besides my phone battery being almost dead, my... Uh, been having all kinds of problems with my internet too, but when I uh, first when I first logged on, I I heard Leo, and then all of a sudden he was gone. Oh, okay, because that's when he was asking where I was. Okay, so maybe he'll come back because I just uh, skyped him back and let him know that I'm back. So that's good. Did you hear me? Okay. Yeah, it's a little bit quiet, but I can hear you though. Okay. Sometimes these phones ain't the best. You know what I'm saying? Just yep. here's what it is. So, all right, I'm gonna mute out for a few. You, you, maybe I'll play some music. You know, so it just won't be listened to dead air. And to start coming on, then we can start talking. Okay. Yeah, is uh is Shay with you now or no? Well she's here in a uh other lady as well. And they they you know listen to the call. Yeah, I feel bad for uh I don't feel bad for what I about what I said. I probably didn't need to raise my voice and be an asshole, but I don't think she would have listened to me if I didn't. That might be very well true, um, but I think you know, and maybe we, you know, just a learning experience, like you say, something like what's her name, Shay, not Shay, but uh, Cheyenne, 
sometimes, you know, and I've got yelled at by call many times. I wouldn't say many times, but a few times at, at least. But, you know, well taken, so be it. I need the information, so hey, I gotta do what I gotta do, and I gotta, you know, try to do what's correct. You know, and I'm gonna make mistakes, so and that's the truth. Yeah, Carl gave me shit once. Oh, really? You you mean on the phone or personal what? Yeah, it was on the phone. I. Uh... Because he was, uh, I don't know if you remember Amy, but he was he was helping Amy. And then he got, I don't know, she threw a bit of a fit and he wasn't helping her anymore. So Greg was helping her. And then I started helping her. And then Carl freaked out on me because I didn't have her case file. But I figured if Carl was helping her, he probably had her case file. And if Greg was helping her, somebody probably had her case file. And then I didn't ask for the case file, and I got—I'm the one that got in shit for it. Yeah, I hear you. That's true, because you have to know what's going on. Because sometimes people don't know what's going on themselves; they don't know who's coming out after them. So it's a good idea for them to have that summons or paper in front of them on their case, like you said, and we can better help each other that way. We're still trying to decimate. Maybe you they did this, maybe they said that. No. We have to have like you said, that in front of you. True enough. But you just suck it up and keep it moving, you know. You can't let every little thing bother you. You know, just like your parents are let you say you just gotta deal with it. You know? Yeah, I figure if anybody's going to yell at me, it may as well be Carl. At least I'll remember it. I hear you. Yeah, sometimes it just... Basically, you know, when you get yelled at, and out, you know, somebody yells you or something you didn't do correct, and then it's good therapy, I should say, because if you could come back, come back strong, correct your mistakes, come back strong, learn from it. And so when next time you get in court, you'll be able to perform well. So there you go. So it's a good thing. It's all work out for your good, let's just say. There was another time uh, Carl asked me uh, who I have as a character witness. And I went, character witness? And he goes, yeah, you know, like a preacher, a doctor, a lawyer, a fireman, like somebody that's going to come into your court and come into court and say you're a nice guy or whatever. And I'm like, no, I don't really have one of those. And he goes, oh, great, yeah, you're just going to walk into court with your dope-smoking buddies. (laughs) (laughs) I was kind of funny, but I I couldn't laugh because I was being – kind of getting scolded, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true enough. Yeah. No, but it is, like I say, it's all good therapy. If you can't stand it here, how in the world are you going to believe you can stand it in a court? Or it don't even have to be a court. Any other situation you might go through later on in life, you never know. It's good to stand up strong, admit your mistakes, you know, 
Or sometimes if you didn't make a mistake, they just misinterpret your words and thought you did, but you still get yelled at, like my parents sometimes done to to I. Um, but at the end of the day, it was all needful because even they yell and then they say other stuff, bring out other words, or you learn something else. And you say, wow, you know, they were yelling for that, but then I learned something. So it's all, once again, it's good and it just makes you stronger, let's just say. Yeah. At least that's my opinion. And so it's all in all in all it's still good for you. And and another yeah, thing I don't, uh, I don't take crap from too many people, but if Carl wants to give me shit I'll take it. Okay. I'm pretty tough. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go crying and suck in my thumb because Carl was mean to me. Well, if that's the way you feel, yeah. I mean, but it's all in all, it's, it's like I said, it's getting getting that experience and learning to stand up. That would it's like in the army, it's a good sh- soldier. They might get knocked down, get shot, but they still shooting or trying to still walk, even though that injured leg or foot. They still trying to get out of harm's way, even. Their foot is damaged, but then their belly is really hurt, and they're trying to drag him along with it. So it all, in all, it makes you strong. It builds you to where you need to be. So it's all good at the end of the day. Well, that's one reason why I don't really feel bad about yelling at people that I feel deserve it, because the prosecutor and the judge, they're not going to be playing patty cakes. They're not blowing kisses and playing kumbaya. That is true. (laughs) That is so true. The way I see it, if people can't put up with my nonsense, they're going to get clobbered in court anyway. Yep. And then they'll be crying, oh, you see what they did? They're not right. They're not fair. You see this? You can't have no justice. Yes, you can if you know what to do because they're your public service. They're not over you. And a lot of times we consent to all that's done to us. A lot of times we consent to it. Some way, somehow, by some gesture, our words, or we might just find something. So, yeah. It's important. Yeah, you know, I, think, uh, I think a lot of times people fail. They don't, uh, they don't know the words, so they don't pick up on what's going on, and they fail to rebut something. Or... Uh, or they get tricked into answering something really stupid. True enough. Because they can simply answer, oh, okay, where you live at? And then you answer that. Boom, they got you. Because first of all, you said, I don't understand legalese or any of this society, nor any law exists to say I must understand these things. But then they ask you questions, and they do it so subtle. And you answer. I'd be like, I thought you said you didn't understand. That's why I always tell people to say, I don't understand what you're saying. Please put it in writing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of times they don't. Even though sometimes they do. And they bring it to the court uh, or have the clerk file for them. And, but then, once again, they start asking them a question. 
and they start answering it. But I just yeah. thought you said you don't understand. So it's crazy, but hey, it's all about being ready in the readiness. Not only but you know, you say, okay, I got my paperwork. Um, um, and um, I know what I'm going to say. I'm just going to stick to the paperwork. They say one word or one something or make us first. They'll talk to each other. Wow, you know what are we going to do about this? The same thing. Well, you know what? Then the judge say something. Then you answer. Boom, you're right back in their jurisdiction. So you have to be ready for every little thing that they might do. What you have to know. Stick with your strip, and that's your written word, and your notice, your claim, whatever you have, and then say it, and, and you know, continue to say so. You know, it's just somebody asks me my name. No matter what they say, how they say it, how they try to trick me, I'm always going to say my name, no matter what. Because that is true. That's what I believe. That's what's written. So I'm always going to say that, no matter what. So. Yeah, I think by far the easiest thing to do is uh, <clears throat> just say, I don't understand what you're saying. Did you receive my notice? But it's, uh, I don't know, it's kind of hard not to get sucked in. I think... Uh, I think people that have a hard time staying quiet in court should just write up on a piece of paper in big letters, shut my mouth, and put the paper right in front of them. So they're always looking at this notice, shut my mouth. Amen. Amen and amen. So as we, as I was stating earlier, sometimes you get yelled at, you know, and it's good just, you know, and maybe you might not like it, might not feel great, but when it's happening, just be cool, listen, take it in. And it's, like I said, it makes you strong for the next time anything comes your way. You'll be ready for it. It's sort of like, like I said before, a soldier, when the rain comes, the snow comes, anything happens, he'll be ready. And it was said to me before, a lot of times when you join the Army or agree to go in there, um, they yell at you, call you all kinds of names, because what is happening, they are stripping you down of all you thought you knew or all you thought you've learned. And then they teach you their way. Because at any given, as I say right now, Mike, duck down right now. I say, put lay down on the floor. You be like, what? Why? When you start looking around, because your captain, he see the enemy up ahead, or he sees a branch move. You didn't see that. He's not going to yell that out. Everybody lay down. He just tell you, or make a signature or a gesture, and that's what they do. Because you won't question him. You won't ask why you tell me do this. But every day your normal way life, yeah. Somebody tell me, Quilly, get on the floor now. I'm like, why? What? What? I started looking around. You know, I don't see the danger. I don't know the danger. And so that's how I, probably I would react. And that's what I believe Carl and many others doing for us. Because he's, the Paul says this a lot. Your words have to be precise. 
exactly what you say and exactly what you mean. You can't deviate from no sort, no type of way. Even one gesture in your body or your movement, it takes all of that, not just your words. It's your style, your way you walk, your way you talk, and the way you carry yourself. When you go into that, you know, at their core or anywhere in life, it's very important. Yep. You know, my parents taught me many things. One, you know, um, every call said this, how to act in the public. Oh, that is so much important. Or even how you act with anyone that come your way. No matter who they are, you don't know them or you do know them. It's how you act and carry yourself. It's important. Now, you know, it's important, like I said. So, um, are you working on anything, um, Mike? Like, you mean my own stuff or for other people? Your own stuff or for some other people as well? Um, I don't really want to talk about it much, but I, uh, I just recently ended up in a bit of a situation with my landlord, but I don't think it's going to be hard to deal with. Uh, <clears throat> I sent him one letter and he wants to, he wants to work out an agreement. So he's, he's waiting for me to come back with an offer. So, so far that's working out good, but I don't want to get into any details about it just yet. But other than that, uh, Helping Shay a little bit. Uh, a couple other things. Vital's got uh, a couple people I'm probably going to be helping soon. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if you heard I'm talking about it uh, a little while ago, but uh, he met somebody that got arrested for growing food in their front yard. And then there's another lady. Uh, I guess she was at the grocery store and she had things underneath her cart and I guess the the cashier lady didn't scan it. She went outside and they grabbed her and they got all their stuff back and then a couple of days later or whatever they decided they were going to charge her. So I don't know, that one shouldn't be too hard to deal with. They recovered their property so there's no harm, loss or injury. True enough. Yeah, because that's, I would say she was negligent, you know, but that's just because maybe she forgot it was there, didn't realize, you know, because you're in a rush or whatever. And, yeah, because they might say her intent, her intent must be still, but how anyone would know your intent? They can't read your mind. Only God. Well, the way I see it. The clerk made a mis- the cashier made a mistake by not noticing it, and not scanning it. She made a mistake by not noticing it and mentioning it. So, both people are at fault. I would say, simple mistake. It's not like anything happened. Like, 
the the alarm went off. They went outside. They talked to her. They found out there was a couple items that didn't get scanned because they were under the uh, the bottom of the cart. Mm-hmm. But they got their stuff back anyway. So yeah. I, I don't okay. see what the problem is. There's no loss. Everything was recovered. Yeah, so they made it back home. So there you go. So, yeah. That's true. So, but they're not probably, maybe her boss, the, um, the lady at the, the cashier, she um, might have got yelled at, but they're not coming after her. They're coming after the other lady. Yeah. So, well, I don't think it'll really be a big issue, but really it seems to me that somebody failed to train, monitor, and discipline their subordinate. True enough. True enough. And the other lady, she's just going to have to know what not to say and what to do. But if he tells that for her, she'd probably make out okay. At least that's what I hope. Yep. 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 Not you know. I just want to talk about this a little bit, Mike. Um, when I guess you as well helping someone with their case or situation, um, they need to have all their paperwork. That's the most. If you call in or you're going to call in, get all your paperwork, your documents in front of you. What they sent the other side sent to you, you sent back to them, whoever you're trying to correspond with. And you can't keep saying them, they, it. You have to know the man or woman. If you don't, try to find out. If you don't know how to find out when you call, say that. Because a lot of times we're trying to help you. We cannot help you in those conditions. And I'm sure a lot of us, we're not even willing to try. This is a waste of my time and yours. And by all means, it's good a good idea to have a paper and pen or a recorder um, when the shows are going on, especially if you want to ask a question. You can play it back later. Yeah, it's so, kind of hard to help somebody when every second answer they give you is, I don't know. Or they, them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who sent you the letter? The courthouse. <laughs> oh, okay. Here we go. Who's on first? It sounds like that. Who's on second? And so it's like it's important you're going around and spending, spending. Never getting to the answer or question or what you're there for. So it's a waste of time. Simply that. Yep. So, have you talked to Retail today at all? No. No, I haven't okay. talked to him in a couple of days, actually. Oh, okay. No, I was just wondering that you talk to him and see if he's going to come on the call, that's all. So, okay, so I have on, I'm looking at the board. Who's Southeast Colorado? Idiot Day. Oh, <laughs> you have a question, comment? I just listened so far. Oh, alrighty. I didn't know your new uh, show number, but uh, I 
Lawfan just put it on on a, a different call we were listening to. So I thought I'd come over and see how you guys are doing. Who's number? Uh, uh, calls himself Lawfan. Okay. What about him? He's on, a, he's on a lot of these calls. Oh, yeah. I'm having trouble getting on the uh, on the board, though. I, I sometimes have a lot of trouble with TalkShoe for some yeah, reason. I've been, ha- I've been having a lot of problems with TalkShoe tonight. Well, this time I'm not having the problems. Yeah, because I usually uh, do. Well, we're sympathetic, that's for sure. Well, thank God it's going well at this at this point. Yep. So, Kula, if you, if you do a Sunday call, will it be this number then? Show number? Most likely it will because I know how to use this better. And okay. So I can control this. It's, I'll just say this. It's not really that I don't know how to use the other one. It's like when I use my telephone to call in, because I set up two or three other calls with that same number, I guess it's a security reasons they won't let me use this one. So I actually use a friend of my phone to call in, and I can start the call right away. No problem. It's just really weird because I set this one with a pen number and still my phone number. Probably should have set them all with a pen number. Anyway, I'm just happy to be here. So happy to be here. Well, me too. Me three. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have anything to talk about tonight, I guess. Uh, nothing in particular. Okay, I wish. So, Mike. Yep. I guess we'll continue on. <laughs> So you have anything you want to talk about, Mike, other than what we were talking about? Um, anything else? Let's just say, let's talk about get being ready. If you can't be ready for a call, you, retire, or whoever helping you, how in the world want to feel they'll be ready for court? So let's, if you want to talk about that. You like getting the paperwork ready, have a paper, pen, um, and a lot of times they say, I've been listening to Claw quite some time. And you're like, oh, yeah? And you still haven't, well, got past base one, meaning you don't know how to read your paperwork or what it's really saying. And if you can't read your own paperwork or, you know, I don't have your paperwork in front of me, so I don't know what you're talking about or where you're going with this or where you're trying to go. And then a lot of times we give you advice on what we will do and you don't follow through. You, you know, it's, it's, let's say we give you five steps to do. You might do one, then you do number three, then you're trying to do the end of it, but you haven't covered that. It ain't going to work out for you. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I find um, 
most people don't do what they're supposed to do. But on the other side, there's a few people that want to do so many things all at the same time and they just won't slow down and take it one step at a time. Oh, yes. True enough. Oh, yes. It's like they try to shoot. It's like you have one gun and you have ten bullets. So you say, okay, I'm going to use them all up. Well, I'm at least trying. You shoot me in the air, anywhere, and all around. Now you don't have anything to go on. <laughs> like Willie yeah. Craig. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. Mike? Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't hear you. Okay. I thought it was silent for a minute. Yeah, I think a lot of people are just in too much of a hurry or they're panicking and they think one or two notice is going to end everything. Yeah. Some people, I think, they want to show off how smart they are and they just put put everything out all at once. But by that time, you've you've shown the other side all your cards. Yeah. Well, they think they know. And they don't. And that's sad. You know. And I have I had help some and they would change words in the paperwork I had written for them. I'm like, okay, there we go. Goodbye. You know, so oh finally here's Leo, he showed up. <laughs> Hi, Leo. From Canada, yeah. So he's on, let's see. Chat, yep. So, um, Just Mike and I on this one, okay. I'm just reading a bullet, Mike, so excuse me for that. Um, all right. Mike, you think you're coming to uh, here to the states? Sorry, what was that? I said you think you will come to the states. Um. Well, that uh, legal person that follows me around might cause me a problem when I try and cross. Maybe I'll swim for it. <laughs> yep. You never know. I will say this. If it's meant for you to come, you will. Yep. You know, if that's God's will for you to come here, nothing will stop you. Maybe when I get to the border, I'll just say, Carl Lentz sent me. Google it. 
<laughs> hey, that might work. You never know. I'm laughing, but hey, hey, it might work because a lot of them do know him, I believe, and they know they're going. They're not going to get off so easily. <laughs> yeah, just say, hey, you guys, uh, you guys know my buddy Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give up. If you didn't mind, Mike Leo is on the call. Leo, did you want to say something? No, no. I I probably read the uh, your time wrong. Uh, you had said 9:30 Eastern. Eastern Standard Time, correct. But your time is uh. Mike, isn't it? Yeah, so right now it's uh eleven eleven forty, right? Your 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 Eastern time? Yeah, it's eleven forty two actually. Okay, yeah, right. No, because I came on earlier but you weren't on, so I was I wasn't too sure if I had missed the first call or did you have more than one call or? Well, I believe so. I had the first and I ended and I started another one. Oh, okay. Yep. So oh, so I guess I'm part- Go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I guess I'm late then. <laughs> no, you're always on time. If the call is still on, it's okay. <laughs> there you Actually, go. you're early. What time is it where you are? It's like only 9.40. <laughs> yeah, you're way early. <laughs> oh, my. So, wait a minute, are you in Canada? Yes, I am. So, how is your time different from this time, Eastern Standard Time? Uh, two hours. Oh, I guess it's I'm... important. All right, go ahead. Uh, I'm uh, Mountain Standard Time, so same thing as Denver and stuff like that. Okay, or, yeah, Texas. Okay. Alrighty, that makes sense. If not Dallas. I think it's Denver. Denver, okay. You near that would be more near Bob Titus. He's in Colorado. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. So, you have any questions or any comments you would like to make at this time? Not at this time, because I just came on. I don't know what you guys are talking about. You can talk about whatever you wish. <laughs> I don't care. <clears throat> but if just just know this. Act like a man. At all times. And I commonly known as a gentleman. That's all. Well, I I just want to say I really appreciate what Carl has done. Because today I read some letters that other people wrote using uh, the free man on the land stuff, whatever. And these letters are like three, four pages long, and they talk about uh, uniform code of this. And they had uh, a whole bunch of stuff in there, which I read the letter and I had no clue what it was saying. Uh, so it's nice that a man like Carl came up with a simple solution and just keep it, you know, keep everything simple. 
So I really appreciate that. Yeah, there's there's so many very important things that Carl's taught us, but uh, one of the I think one of the best things is keep your letters and your notices extremely short and look up every single word. Could you imagine taking a... I I could never imagine writing a 30-page document ever again, but imagine trying to look up every word in a 30-page document. (laughs) Yeah, crazy. Like, I'm, uh, I'm a little bit lazy. I don't want to write that much. I don't want to spend that many hours in a dictionary just to get one document done. I don't know if I, I can I, if I can do something fast and easy, I'm in. Yeah. And I think that to a point where I think even the author of those thirty page documents were getting lost in their in their own logic. Like they were getting yeah. lost. You know, like you're reading one paragraph and you keep reading and whatever and they're like saying, Well, I I, I didn't get a reply and I'm thinking, Well, holy man, I don't even know what you were asking. Like I'm reading it, I'm tr- trying to understand what they're trying to say and I have no clue what they're saying. You know what I mean? Like it it's it's come I don't know. Yeah, the reason you didn't get an answer is because they're still reading. They're still on page fifty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I said like I read it I think twice and then I, I I text him. I said I'll have to reread it because I'm like I'm not I'm not understand. I don't I still don't understand what they're trying to to accomplish, right? So I don't know. Well, and they have like yeah. If if you have a thirty page document, think of how much more room of per error there is. Like think of how many if you can make a mistake if you can make five mistakes in a two or three line letter. Think of how many you can make in a in a, a thirty page document. Think of how many opportunities you have to contradict yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then if, if your notice is two sentences long, if your claim is under a page, how freaking hard is that to remember? Yeah. yeah, not just remember, but let's say you have to bring that document in front of a jury to prove that they didn't do what you asked them to do or whatever, the jury will understand the two sentences compared to, you know, you bring a 30-page document to a jury and you say, well, see, he didn't do this. And you're like, the, the jury would be looking at you with, with like, uh, like deer is looking in the headlight. Like, they, they, they'd have no clue, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just you just look at the jury and just say, Okay, our friend here, Mr. Prosecutor, he just dumped three crates of documents on you. Here's my document. I require you to verify your your claim. Verify the debt. (laughs) Three words. The jury's going to be like, holy crap, three words instead of three boxes? I like this guy better than this prosecutor guy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yep. Especially when the jury's sitting there thinking, well, that makes sense. That's fair. Verify the debt. You say he owes you money, verify it. If that's all you're asking, verify the debt, and they refuse to verify the debt, that looks pretty bad on them. Yeah. And it stems, like those long documents, they seem, uh, they seem to stem from this birth certificate thing. 
like they have UCC stuff in it, and then birth certificate uh, signature of birth certificate or something. I don't know how they were. They were like making their birth certificate a non-birth certificate or something. <laughs> I, I don't know what they were doing, but a hatchling certificate. Yeah, I have no clue. But they were saying something like that they couldn't make money on their birth certificate now because they 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 uh, corrected the something. I don't know. Like honestly, I, I have no clue. But wish was I remember. Thinking. I remember one time uh, somebody else brought me the question, and I I was kind of thinking about it for a little while. And then I just uh, jumped on the call one time. Actually, I, I think I actually, it was a private call. This was a long time ago, but I called Carl. And I uh, I said, uh, you know how the guy that invented the hard-on pill, he worked for Pfeiffer Chemicals. He invented it at work. So it was it was the property of the corporation. And he's like, yep. And I go, the guy that invented the intermittent windshield wipers, he invented that in his own garage. So he owns that. And Carl's like, yep. And I go, so if our public servants created the birth certificate, do we not own it? And he goes, why would you want to take liability for something like that? And I was like, holy shit, that was the fastest, simplest, perfect answer. Yeah, exactly. Because you could ask that question in court when they're like, when when they're like, oh, are you Michael Miller? Just look at the prosecutor, look back at the judge, and say, well, who's liable for the legal person called Michael Miller? Ooh, Crown property. Ooh, that's not looking good. The Crown's suing itself. Yeah. See, here's another thing too. I, I probably shouldn't say this on the air, but. I uh, I sold my bank card to somebody one day, and I, d- I didn't know anything about banking or whatever. This guy had a good story. I kind of felt bad for him, whatever. So I, I sold him my bank my bank card, and he did the uh, the withdraw thing, like put three empty envelopes in the machine and got fifteen hundred bucks out. I think they fixed that now, but. I just told the bank, I don't know what happened. Somebody stole the card. Uh, how am I liable for that? And they just wiped out the debt. Like, they, no questions asked. Oh, oh, somebody took your card. Okay. Because they know I'm not liable for it. Yeah, and they probably had cameras on the ATMs or whatever that show that yeah. it wasn't you that took the money, right? Yeah. Like, it's another person. Right? So it's another man or whatever, yeah. But here's another way of looking at it too. If um if I ever become quote a victim of identity theft, I'm just gonna yeah, write to know. the proper man or woman in the government and say, Hey, uh, you guys got a problem. Somebody stole your ID. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah your 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 legal person, Michael Miller, yeah, somebody stole it. Somebody stole your property just to let you know. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, because if you take ownership of it, well then you're liable for it. Yep, owner's always liable. Yeah. Even if he has an agent and the agent screws up, who's the agent working for? Yeah. 
No, it's yeah, I re- I it's amazing how much uh even in daily life how much Carl has uh, affected I don't know if it's the word the right word is affected but has uh, changed uh the way I, I I deal with with other men and women, you know. Yeah, I was I Try was to... thinking of that a while ago. I I don't know if I can give Carl the credit or the blame, but listening to average people talk now is so painful for me. Like I just I hear the sloppy language, the words they're using, and I'm like, holy crap! If you ever knew what you were saying right now. <laughs> yeah. No, it's crazy because there was a. I did a a private man-to-man contract uh, because I have like extra land, and the the other man wanted to rent my land, you know, for the crop and stuff. So I did I did a simple contract, and then when he came to pay his yearly rent, he says, "Oh, uh, you know, like in in my contract it was really simple. You give me X amount of dollars, you're able to use it for a year. Next year, you give me X amount of dollars, you're able to use it for a year. Kind of, you know, just." Money in, money out type thing. Really simple. And, but then when he came to to give me the the first check, he says, "Well, could you just sign this form?" And da 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 da. And this form said, "I have." He wanted me to sign it with something like that. I was the owner of, like, it used all bunch of legalese. Eh? Like, I was the owner of this, this, and that, 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 because he wanted to do something with the government. So I just looked at him and I said, "Well, let me do a bit of research on that." <laughs> I was I don't know. I didn't well, create that document. I have no idea what it means. I don't know what you're trying to do. No. And then, the, like, I'm not, I'm never going to sign it. But instead of having a controversy, I just said, no, I'm going to do a bit of research on it. Like, it, it's, but what he wants to do is uh, it's called carbon capture. or, uh, And then they get credit for carbon capture, you know, the global warming or climate change thing they do. I don't know what it, exactly what it is, but. He's trying to get yeah. money off the land or whatever to do that. But then he needs the owner to sign to say that I'm the owner. Then he uses that. And I'm thinking, well, no, like, I'm not going to register for that or, or allow him to make money off of that, right? But it, the, the, what I'm, my, my point is when after studying Carl for a little while, these things just pop right out and it's like a, a punching it's it's like a you're 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 in a boxing match and the glove is coming towards you and you're just you're you're deflecting the punch type of thing you know even before it starts right yeah is it there's yeah you can tell a, a man-to-man contract compared to a legalese contract because legalese it says you are the owner, or you are this. They always have. They name you, right? They 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 name you as. A, they always give you a title. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I don't want to call him the landlord. The man I uh, I rent from, he uh, he probably hates that I know this stuff because he'll say something, and. Anyone else on the planet is going to understand what he's saying, or at least presume they understand what he's saying. And every time he says something to me, I'm like, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? And he always goes quiet. He he thinks about it, and he's like, well, how do I say this? Uh, And he'll just say something else. 
And I'll come back with, what do you mean? How do you know that? Who told you that? What leads you to believe that? And he's like, damn it, I can't even talk to this guy. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. People are, uh, yeah, people are, are either sleeping on purpose because all the information is out there. Like, you know, I don't know. There must be a word for that when the information is there for you to wake up, but you choose not to to take that information and wake up. So you're, you know, like the uh, the ostrich and putting your hand uh, your head in the sand or whatever type of thing, right? Yeah, I think uh, um, I think with a lot of people, it's just too hard for them to swallow the fact that everything they know is bullshit. Exactly, yeah. Everything they learned in their whole life is completely upside down and backwards. They don't yeah. want to believe it, but it seems pretty true, but it just couldn't be. I couldn't have been that ignorant for the last four or five decades. Yeah, I know, yeah. It's... And I yeah. guess there's different there's different levels of waking up, right? Like sometimes you'll wake up and you think, oh, and then as you wake up, then you're like, oh, my God. Then when you wake up more, there's the, the sphere of waking up gets bigger and it gets bigger and bigger, and bigger, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, the, yeah. It's, the old, it's like the old saying, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's almost the same thing with this waking up thing. Right? The more you're waking up, you're like, holy shit, it's like it's in everything. You know, not just driving or taxes or whatever, but it's like every aspect of life, including health, food, everything is controlled, right? Yeah. And it really all stems down to standing on your own two feet, being a man, taking care of your own shit, and stop running to the government for help. Yeah, exactly. Like, Like, that's... I don't know. I, I don't want to get on the gardening thing again, but to me, oh. that is one of the most fundamental things, like being able to feed yourself. No relying yeah. on a corporation, no relying on government regulation, no taxes, no all this crap. Why run to the grocery store and spend your hard-earned cash when you go in the backyard? Grab it right off the vine. And that's where if you have a few neighbors that have the same... Awakening, like one can have the goat's milk, one can have the eggs, one can have the honey, because it's it's difficult to have it all. Like for one man, it's difficult to have all the things, right? Yeah. Like, it's, don't, uh, don't don't they say one man can't be an island? Like it'd be nice to have a, a a community nearby where you know you're not producing everything for yourself, so you can share, right? I think um, I think if you had enough land and enough drive to carry on with it, I think you could pretty much, it would take a while, but you could pretty much be completely self-sustained. But there's obviously a few things, but I think you could pretty much have almost all of it covered. It would just take a lot of work and planning and practice and trial and error. See, what I find me and my wife now, when we walk to a grocery store, we skip about 90% of the aisles 
and we still you always use the same ten percent of the aisles, and no, you know, like we skip anything that's in a box or a bag, we just skip, right? So that's about ninety percent of the groceries. And since yeah. we live so much north, well, we have to buy vegetables, and we have to buy milk, and we have, you know, and basically yogurts and stuff like that. So if I have a basically a dairy cow, I could start making my own milk, my own cheese, my own, you know, type of thing. So it's yeah. kind of. Uh, are you guys old enough to know about Mother Earth news? I'm very slightly familiar with Mother Earth news. That that was uh, they had a farm. I I don't know, probably still do, but that was sort of their goal. Not only were they trying to grow their food, but they were trying to grow their fuel. Yeah, and this, they were, they were this, early on in the solar and alternative energy and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's not hard to make uh well ethanol and all that stuff. It's it's basically moonshine. But it's not hard to make moonshine. It's not hard to make biodiesel. A lot of that stuff's not that hard. Right. A lot of times the restaurants give you that I, that oil. Like I, I've done all kinds of research on stupid shit, but I've uh like I, I was I was researching um in in uh in this during the Civil War the government was trying to encourage people to do things for themselves and everything else, but um what people were doing is they would they would cut their grass, put it in a big pile, leave it in the sun, and they would just go and pee on this pile of grass. And the grass has got all the nitrogen. Your piss has got nitrogen and ammonia in it. And you would actually, the grass and your urine baking in the sun would create um, ammonium nitrate. And then you just take that and charcoal and whatever. You make your own black powder. It's not hard to make your own black powder. It's not hard to pack your own shotgun shells. It's, it's not hard to make a shotgun. Everybody thinks, oh, I got to buy this. I got to just figure out how to make it. It's not that hard. Especially now, the age of the internet, everything's right at your fingertips. You can figure out how to do anything with the help of YouTube. And we need to in case it's not there forever, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I do now. And I'm not trying to help people figure out lost stuff. I'm researching all kinds of crap. I just eventually I want to just be a little bit outside of town, a little chunk of land, and just try and do everything myself. Well, Obviously, might... I won't be I won't be growing many pineapples and stuff like that. But I, I I was surprised to find out that there's a lot of lemons grown in Canada. Apparently, oranges and limes and stuff like that are harder, but lemons you can like you in, in on the west coast of Canada. You can grow lemon trees with very little protection over the winter. Oh, that's cool. There's there's a guy there's a there's a guy here in Colorado uh, or on Colorado up in the mountains, and it's plenty cold and short season and all that. But he's got, I think he's got a big geodesic dome. It's called the Rocky Mountain Institute, and he's a researcher and all these kind of things. But anyway, he had a. He had a banana tree growing in inside, 
in Colorado, got so big it was uh, threatening to push the roof, so they whacked it down. It just grew right back, you know. So yeah, you yep. grow bananas in Colorado. Well, yeah, indoor you can grow anything anywhere. Pretty much, pretty much. Because you're just you're just creating your own microclimate inside. You can you can you can't match the power of the sun, but just about everything else you can recreate. Oh yeah, and we have plenty of sun here, so yeah. uh, greenhouses are great here. Another thing you might like, I'm kind of excited because uh, I've been wanting to grow Jerusalem artichokes, which yep. have nothing, nothing to do with artichokes or sunflower. Or Jerusalem, for that matter. <laughs> right, right. Uh, what what it was, according to uh, research I got, the Europeans when they got over here and the words that the Indians called it, that was like the closest they could translate it or whatever. But uh, the point is it's high sugar. It's got a knobby root that you can eat like a starch vegetable. It's high sugar, um, and that's what I want it for. It's high sugar. It's easy to grow. It grows a lot of places, probably grow in your area. Uh, So it's good for uh, making booze out of but the other little benefit to sugar is inulin rather than insulin. So there's some value for diabetics. I don't know enough about that part yet. But but anyway, I a friend sent off to Montana, and I put one in a pot and the rest away for till spring gets here. And it's barely, barely poking through now. But I got one at the uh, natural grocery the other day. They call them sun chokes, and they're just yep. there in the produce for eating. I stuck that one in a pot, and it's over a foot tall already. Yeah, so, they. Um, if if you got some kind of a fence or a trellis or something, it's good. But those things are they'll take over. They grow like crazy. That's that's what I've heard, and uh, I'm just starting, so that's not an issue yet. But and I've got plenty yeah. of room, so. I uh I just recently uh kicked the processed sugar thing but I um I swear by honey. I'm going to start growing stevia but honey it, the only problem with honey is it's so freaking expensive but honey is probably uh, in my opinion so far in my opinion it's the best the best sweetener around. Oh yeah, it's good for you too and it'll keep you from getting sick. Yeah, that's a it's a noble calling beekeeping. I I'm not ready for it myself yet. We've got enough local guys that has and another friend he's talking about starting it. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a big deal. keeping bees is a big deal. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's one of my goals. I'm I'm renting right now and I'm right in the middle of the city, and I don't I don't know if bees would go over so well, but I I don't, can't wait to get bees. Don't tell anybody. Yeah, I don't remember. I think, I think the cheapest I've seen raw honey around here is I think seven bucks a pound. That sounds about right. But you, you got you got maple syrup your way too, though, right? Yeah, I um, I don't know why I took so long. I I caught on. I I got the idea of because we have maple trees freaking everywhere around here and i didn't think about it until right at the very end of uh sap season 
But yeah. I guess the ideal time for that is when the when the days are warm and the nights are below zero. That's the perfect time for the, when the sap's running. You can do it in the spring. I thought it was only in the fall. Uh, oh. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I think it's a fall thing. That that's uh, I think that's a great thing too. It's a lot of my understanding. It's a lot, a lot, a lot of cooking down. Yeah. Yeah, I was in Ottawa for for a little while when I was young. Yeah, especially around here, uh, you don't get much sugar cane, but you can make your own sugar from sugar cane. You could also make it from beets. I don't know. I don't really know a whole lot of the process for getting sugar out of beets, but. It, it's another. It's similar. It's it's uh, you know, slice them down, cook them down, and then a lot of cooking. Yeah. But the mash that that's left over, um, is good cattle feed. They don't yep. need the they don't need the sugar, but the the part that's left is good for. Yeah, that's another thing. I laughed my head off. I didn't realize that I'm guessing almost nobody knows about it, but almost any plant that bears fruit or vegetable, you could eat the leaves from. Like like people throw away their carrot leaves, their beet leaves, their radish leaves, every like it's all edible. You make salads or juice it, whatever. Oh yeah, I like the I like the greens off beets more than I like the beets. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I think it's kind of exciting to be doing all this stuff myself. Like it, it's a huge, a huge help that I don't have to pay for all this stuff if I do it myself. But I, I think it's just fun finding out how to do this stuff and doing it. Well, that that was something I was going to ask you because you, you sound like you're uh, relatively comfortable. Is that part of the reason? Is you're somewhat uh, or a degree of self sufficiency? Um, I'm poor as dirt, but I find ways of living very cheap. Oh, yeah, I was on a mission for a while. Uh, live without money. Yeah, I, um... It can be done. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really greedy. I don't really need a whole lot of money, but... I I have so little money that I don't really have a choice. I have to, like, I just, I don't know. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to be a part of the system any more than I have to be. I hear you. Like, if if I can find friends and family to work for, quote, under the table... I'm in for that. If I can find a use for something that I would normally throw away, I'm all over it. Yeah, I got to where I didn't like that phrase under the table. It's like, no, anybody can know what I'm doing. And I work for that. Yeah, that's why I said quote under the table because it's like a a dirty thing now to actually do a man-to-man transaction. 
Oh, it's right. under the table. It's it's in the closet stuff. No, it isn't. It's the way it's done. Yep. Well, that gets you away from that that one percent that wants a piece of everything, a piece of everything you do, everything you think, everything you are. And it's like, yes. no, you don't, you don't need a piece of my labor. Yes. Yeah, I don't like to bash the government, but they're they're a pretty parasitic lot. Well, of course they are. Hello? I'm still here. Okay, what happened to okay, I guess they got I don't know. Southeast uh, Mike, I'm just excuse me a minute. Southeast Colorado, are you home? I'm here. Okay. I went off for a little while to, uh, oh, I had to make a call or two. But uh, I'm on the board and I'm on the phone. Alrighty. I just was asking, and of course, Leo, you're here? Yeah, I'm I'm still here, yep. Yeah, I'm taking the roll call. <laughs> no, because <I'm laughs> no, I see, so I'm watching the board as well. All right, carry on. But I just want to throw in my two bits that I agree. Uh, having your own bees and your own honey, it's it's it is amazing because if you're stressed, don't go to the beehive, you know, because <laughs> you're gonna get stung. I'm starting to have my own my own honey. True enough, yeah. more than one way, but we won't go there. Keep carrying on. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, when you approach the the hive, if you're if you're rushing or if you're thinking of something else, you know, it, it, it's amazing. It's like 60,000 bees, but, but you got to treat it as one animal type of thing, right? Uh, yeah, kind of weird. If you're, um, if you're comfortable with the bees, you don't need any, I don't know what they call it, the veil or the mask or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You don't like know. Their, 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 their number one goal is not to sting you. Well, they die. If they sting you, they die, right? Yeah. So it's it's uh, like the only reason they'll, they'll sting you is to protect their queen, in a sense, right? Yeah. But yeah, it's you know there no, there's people that are uh, treating various ailments and stuff with bee stings also. Hmm. It's kind of like, funny. The more and more research I do, the more I find out that the cure for everything grows right out of the ground. Or I guess in the case bees, whatever, they don't actually grow out of the ground. But but nature's got all the cures to all the problems. Oh yeah. And, and what and what I noticed, which is a. Uh, like it makes sense now, but since I've had bees, I've noticed that my forest has way more berries in it, and I have more birds, and I have more, you know, other animals type of thing. So you bring in bees, they kind of pollinate. There's, you know, like your your forest becomes more alive, and then more more birds come, and more animals come. It's 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 kind of a symbiotic relationship. Eh? Yep. Like like yeah, you don't have to do anything, and and it. It creates itself, right? So, so what have you got? One hive? 
Uh, this year I'll have uh, uh, seven. Oh, that's very cool, man. Yeah, I had five last year, and then this year I'm, I'm buying two more. And then uh, I started out with one, and then I went up to three, then five, then no, this year I'll have seven. Well, that's a big deal because here, here, well, not here so much, but California, uh, they're having a big problem with bees dying off, and they haven't figured out what the, what it is yet. I figured out what it is. What well, is it? Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. I, I, I want I, I want to get more specific than Mike. I agree with Mike, but there's a chemical that the farmers they they treat the seed. And I forget there's a specific type of uh, of, of uh, herbicide or, or insecticide that they well, use. They put, well, no, it's, they they put it on the seed. So then when they plant the seed, as the seed starts growing, the the little bugs won't eat the seed or won't eat the 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 new growing uh, plant. And then that chemical stays in the plant to where when it flowers, uh, the bad whatever like it's still in the flower of the the plant. And what happens is the bees, when they go pollinate, it doesn't kill the bee. But when the bee brings back all that pollen and and, uh, and nectar into the hive, it kills the the larva. Like it's not, I guess it, the chemical is not strong enough to kill the bee, but it kills the eggs of the bees. Oh, and, then, yeah. and then your and, and and then your whole uh, hive collapses. So you'll go one week, and fifty thousand bees are gone, and they're not dead at the hive; they're just gone. Right. Yeah, it's a, right. Uh, like I don't know if you realize, like when when I went through my bees, one hive will have about sixty thousand bees, and in the springtime, there's about six thousand left. So ninety percent of them die during winter, but they just protect the bees, so they just kind of bundle up and they keep dying. So in the spring, you'll see a big pile of bees dead in front of your hive, which is normal, but. In that case, what you're talking when the when the whole colony leaves, they all open up the hive, and the hive will be empty, and there's no dead bees. But the bees are just they're they're dead, but they're not they they, they don't die at the hive, which is abnormal. Huh. I know it's a it's a chemical it's a, thing. It's a fascinating industry. The, the uh, these guys have like semi loads of uh, bees. And they'll start in the south, and they'll follow the harvest. And they'll let their bees out to pollinate everything, and then they'll move north. They'll keep moving north. Uh, and so they get paid for uh, pollinating the crops, and then they get the honey and sell the honey. It's a, it's a big deal thing. Well, yeah, can you are- imagine... Could you imagine being a farmer and having to hand pollinate everything? Holy crap! <laughs> yeah, we don't give we don't give bees enough credit. Yeah, I don't know. It, it gets back to society's got everything backwards now, but it seems we hate everything that's really good. Yeah. I keep going back to 1984, Newspeak. Everything's the opposite of what you're told. Yep. 
I've heard this somewhere where if the bees, if there would be no bees, I think 60% of the food wouldn't exist, right? Isn't something like the without bees you wouldn't have almonds. You wouldn't have like those 60% of the food you would not have. Yeah, I think almost almost no fruit, and yeah, a large portion of the veggies also. Any any veggies that flowers, you know, like squash and things like that. And uh, fruit yeah. trees, obviously, they gotta have flowers. There's a lot of vegetables that do self-pollinate, but there's a lot that don't. I'm always happy to see the honeybees show up around here. Yeah. I try and, you know, I've got some, like, flowering fruit trees. Not so much fruit, because I'm kind of in a short-season area, but some... But try and plant a few extra flowers for them and things like that. You can um, you can just get a bunch of sugar, dump a bunch of water in it, and leave big trays of sugar water out, and that'll attract bees like crazy. Hummingbirds do. Yep. And they're always fun to look at. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Uh, go on YouTube and look up uh, slow motion hummingbird videos. Those things are amazing, the tricks they do in the air. Yep, yep. So, Mike, you're in town? Yep. Yeah. Obviously got a little bit of garden room. Yeah, I wouldn't, you know, it's like like the bees. You know, there's people here have chickens in town and people complain about them and things like that. To me, it's always a good idea to just don't don't ask. Just do it. Make them say no after the fact. Yeah, sometimes it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission. Well, yeah, the, the, you ask any kind of official anything, and their first reaction is to say no. Well, not only that, as soon as you, like, like for an example, applying for a license for something, all you're doing is you're saying, hey, look at me over here. I'm going to do something. You better, You better monitor me. You better slap a bunch of rules on me. I want to do something. Well, there's there's a friend of mine in town. He built three house. He had four lots. He built three houses. I'm not sure what his starting money was. It may or may not have been bank money. But uh, he sold his first one. He put that money into the next one. Sold that one. Put that money in the next one. And he was sitting on a little pile of money. And uh, so he decided to build his without permits and he went down and talked to the uh and i i knew the the guy who was running uh they call it regional building department here and he said i'm going to build it and rolf says i'm going to tear it down and burn says i'm going to build it rolf says i'm going to he finally says 
I have no authority over you. You can do what you want. So he started out with like a uh, wooden foundation oversized tough shed just in case they did tear it down. He didn't want to have a lot of uh, money or effort into it. So he calls up utilities. You know, he builds this little thing and says, okay, I got another house. Come on out. And they're walking around, looking around. Uh, where's your permit? Don't have one. Oh, we can't sell you utilities. He said, okay. So he got himself a couple of solar panels and bottled gas, um, figured out a uh, septic system where he cooks most of the water off. And uh, he's been there off the grid, right in the middle of town ever since. Yep. Added to his house. Uh, you know, he had to figure some things out. Um, refrigerator was a big deal because that's a high electricity thing. And he's only got like uh, maybe 300 watts worth of solar panels or something. So he found a little efficient thing and heavily insulated it, you know, and he's he's figured out how to do it. Charges his electric bicycle with his, at, off his solar panels. Um, anyway, that's, uh, I think that's a great story. I've always been, uh, thought he did a really good thing doing that. Yeah, there's, um, there's all kinds of little things you can do to help, like, uh, like the, uh, the ground is a good, a good insulator. You can keep stuff a little bit warm in the, in the winter and keep it a little bit cold in the summer. Yeah, that's what our grandfolks did, or or at least our great grandfolks. You know, they had they had a root cellar. Yep. But you could um, like if you were building an off off grid house, find a big hill and build your house halfway in the hill. Oh yeah, and if it's in, in south facing hill, dig it half or three quarters or whatever into the hill, glass the front. Your utilities would be almost nothing. Yep. As far as, as far as heating and cooling it. Yep. Yeah, you get some solar panels, make your own biodiesel and ethanol. You, you just keep cutting cutting costs here and there, just little things, one step at a time. Cutting costs and cutting that that those links, those links to the system. But especially uh, back to gardening, especially with gardening, there's so many things where you can just do a little bit of thinking, a little bit of work ahead of time, and set things up properly, and just let nature do it itself. Just make sure your plants have everything they need, and just let them go. Yeah, my first garden out here, I just made kind of a trench, put potatoes on the bottom. I think I got blue potatoes from Gurney because they sounded cute. Threw some old hay on top, and they grew up right through that. Then in the fall, I just picked the hay up, and the potatoes were all laying there. I didn't have to do any digging or anything. Yeah. There's all kinds of tricks. And it's fun. That that 
Kurt had a call tonight about, okay, we're not going to talk about any of this stuff. Everybody just say what makes you happy. Gardening, I don't know, people that, you know, it makes people happy. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. There's not, there's not much I enjoy more than making a coffee first thing in the morning, going outside and picking a bunch of stuff that's just growing there. And there's a lot of there's a lot of things you can plant that next year you don't have to plant them again. They'll just come right back up. Yep. The call's going to end soon, so carry on. <laughs> What's all this circle stuff you guys are talking about? Then? The circle of life. Oh, okay. Okay. Bop and sounds way too healthy. I don't think I'd make it without coffee. I do want to get to where I'm growing my own. Though, really? You mean you're drinking coffee now? Oh, no, but that's a good idea. I think I'll go get some. I, I'm drinking coffee right now. Oh, my. Well, anyways, I don't do coffee that much, so it's okay. I like my coffee. All right. I like coffee. I like tobacco. I like whiskey. Never mind. Don't name them all. <laughs> I don't <laughs> You might name one too many, too much information, let's just say. <laughs> I just put that out there. If anybody drops in on it, it's nice that they bring tobacco and whiskey. Oh, boy. Where are you located? So that's one one thing I want to, I want to make some uh, mead with my honey next year. Oh, man, yeah, absolutely. They're, they're honey wine also. Yeah, honey wine, yeah. And then and then I want to get a big steel and then make some uh, uh, is it ethanol or whatever out of, the, out, of the, out of the honey wine. Well, that, to me, that's a little bit of sad use for honey, but if you have enough, yeah, make your ethanol out of... Out of uh, Sugar beets, Jerusalem artichokes. You're probably not going to grow cane where you are, but uh, fruit. I got you know, sugar cane. Any any fruit around here? People have fruit trees, and the fruit falls in the fall, and and out in the street, and people drive over it, and you know they don't. You no, know, if you're not going to eat it. Make some make some uh, shine out of it, you know. Do something with it. It's just crazy. Well, if you're making it just for fuel and not not to drink it, you can ferment just about any kind of plant material. Well, that's true. But I want this. This is the way I would like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna run out in my truck and coast to the side of the road and take a swig out of my jug before I put it in the truck. I want I want High quality drink and shine, cheaper than gasoline. That's my goal. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think I would make the good stuff to drink, and I would make fuel out of out of just crap and scrap stuff that I, there's no way in hell I would ever eat. Well, that's probably way smarter, but that sounds like two operations to me. Well, it's one still. Ah, but see, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to brew my drink and shine in the same still that I brew grass clipping car shine in. Why is your grass clippings poison or something? <laughs> nah, just whatever you do, you will taste. You will taste it a little bit. It's and and parts just the idea. And you have first-hand knowledge. I got a local guy here who makes some pretty nice stuff. I see. Not. Uh, it's up uh, around 160, but it needs to get up around 190 to run it in your car. Mm-hmm. So we're getting, we're making progress. Yeah, I think the easiest way to do is just mix it with gas. Yep. Well, there's more than one way to skin a cat. That's for sure. I had researched a, a way. Up here we have cattails. I don't know if they grow down south, but they grow like uh, in a marsh area or a little, you know, where there's water. And uh, and uh, here I have a septic tank, so my, my output of my septic tank is about, let's say, like 400 feet away from my house. But what, what you're supposed to do, what you can do is you make a, uh, instead of a ditch, you make it a big flat area where your septic tank pulls out and then cattails will grow and I guess cattails will use a lot of the uh, the, the whatever from your uh, sewer pump out and it's high in starch and I guess it makes really good moonshine or it, gets, it makes good, you know, alcohol from that starch from the cattails. Yep, yep. Yep. But, I, but, but, you're, but you're using your waste for, for that in a sense, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could also um at where the septic comes out you could you could use that to grow your comfrey and then just drop the comfrey on the garden for fertilizer. Yeah. Yeah, see that's another that's another you know, I mean we all shit but it's it's a big deal to everybody. You know, if they don't have a uh city sewer system that uses massive amounts of water. I mean, there's other ways to deal with that. that people don't want to think about things like that. Well, it sounds, it sounds kind of gross, and I don't think I would use it for food, but I, I trust my own waste more than some hormone-fed, antibiotic, horrendous-conditioned cows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it is a way when when the Aquila was talking about the circle of life or the circle of you know we eat you know the sewers and then you can create it it just circles and circles right it just keeps going yep. yeah apparently um, one part your own pee to ten parts of water is great fertilizer for plants. Right. It's got ammonia, it's got nitrogen, it's got all kind like 
any vitamins and minerals that that is excess, it comes out in your piss. Yeah. So anything that a plant needs, it's in there. Yeah, so you eat the plant, and, and any excess that you don't need from that plant, you pee it out and you give it back to the next plant, in a sense, right? Yeah, right, yeah, right back to nature. Right back to nature, yeah. The same thing, like you, you grow a tomato plant. You eat all the tomatoes. You throw all the scraps, like your tomato stems and whatever, any kind of bruised or rotted pieces. You throw it in the compost. In the fall, you just cut your tomato plants down and leave them right where they are. You don't even have to cut them down. Just leave them. They'll get cold. They'll fall over. They'll decompose. Everybody goes and tills their soil. They buy fertilizer. They cut their plants down and throw their plants out. It's all a lot of work. Just let it grow. Eat the tomatoes. Leave the plant when it's done. I got kind of a short season here, so I leave my tomatoes in uh, pots, and I bring them in in the winter. I'm looking at two red tomatoes right now on a big old plant. It's about, it's probably two or three years old. Put it back out when when it gets warm enough. Yeah, that's another thing. You know, people can grow, you know, even if you're in an apartment in the city, you know, you can grow things in pots in the kitchen window, you know. Yeah, I... I could grow a ridiculous amount of food in a small apartment balcony. Yeah. Like, that's all I do is is research easy, fast, efficient ways of doing things. Like, anything I can do cheap, fast, with little effort, that's I'm definitely going to do it. Well, it'd be nice if we could all live in the country, but because you don't doesn't mean you can't do a lot of stuff. Yep. But I read somewhere or somebody on Skype said there was this family who lived in the city and they had the, uh, they planted a garden in their front lawn. Instead of having a front lawn, they had like a garden and they got... Uh, uh, what what you, like a code whatever, the the town made a made him take the garden away, or isn't their front that, yard, that, right? Isn't that yeah? That uh, right Vital found somebody that uh, just got arrested for that. I haven't talked to her yet, but I think I'm going to be helping her soon. Okay, yeah, it was Vital. Was I? I think he was talking to you or something, or yeah, that, that's why I heard it. Yeah. So, yeah, so that, even that, though that, when, when when you're acting as a man and you're creating your own food and all that, then then you know, the system kind of that, right? But see, there's if a lot of these people they didn't really plan things out properly. But if you're growing big tomato plants on your front lawn, you're attracting attention to yourself and you're kind of looking for trouble. Whereas if you take like they take pole beans, pole beans or something, and let them vine up a thing. They like purple, pink, and red flowers at the climbing vine. It looks like a decoration. Yeah. If you like, I don't know. There's a lot of things that they look ornamental that people would not even 
would not even imagine is food. Yeah, but, you know, the fact that you even have to think that way, I mean, that's so ridiculous. Yeah, you know, but, but if you can avoid the problem, why not? Well, I, If the problem I, arises, deal with it. But if you don't have to create an issue, why would you? I, I hear what you're saying on the one hand. On the other hand, it's like, I mean, common law, statutory law, any kind of thing, you got a right to life, right? And if you're if you're growing food, what are you saying? I, I don't have a right to life? Yeah, but that's that's completely irrelevant to what I just said. Grow oh, all I, your food. All you, I'm not saying you can't grow your food. I'm just saying, okay, I think I have the right to smoke weed. Do you think I'm going to go sit on the front steps of the police station with a big fat cracker in my mouth? It's just no, stupid. If I, I can have, avoid the hassle, why not avoid it? I grow 50 tomato plants in my backyard and grow pretty flowered plants in the front yard. Don't right. attract any more attention than you need to. I absolutely hear what you're saying. I'm just, I'm just trying to think ahead a little bit on the situation the towel's going to be helping with. Yeah, it's it's also kind of ridiculous, too, because the code says don't grow any food on your front lawn. I would just pull blades of grass out and start eating grass right in front of the guy. <laughs> okay, you're going to you're going to you're going to wipe out the, the all the all the grass everywhere in the city. Like you're going to go to all the all the public parks and rip the grass out because I might go and eat grass. <laughs> They just just point out to them how stupid, how how much of a ridiculous idea that is. Well, yeah, and that's that's um, there's there's a really good interview with this guy, and he's he's around here, Kurt Riggin, and uh, he helped a guy. There's a a blind guy trying to cross the street. And however many intersections there are in his town, which are very many, there are two in the entire town that are set up for blind people with beepers or however they work. And I'm not I'm not familiar with uh, exactly what they are. But anyway, this guy was trying to cross at an intersection that didn't have that, which was 99% of them. And so he guesstimated the best he could, you know, listening for traffic, and started across. And this woman ran him down. And she actually said, you know, he's got his white cane, which is pretty, as far as I know, is pretty universal, uh, perhaps even worldwide. You know, I'm a blind guy. I have a white cane. And apparently hit him hard enough. He bounced up and broke her windshield or whatever. Uh, and I don't know what all his injuries were. But the cop comes up and gives the guy the ticket for damaging her property. And she says, well, I had the light and he didn't move, so I hit him. So yeah, to me that to me that's premeditated. That's that's attempted murder. Oh yeah, yeah. Confess, confess. Anyway, 
But oh. see, I think everywhere on the planet, it says right in the driving code that the vehicle operator is to be in control of his or her vehicle at all times. Right, right. Yeah, she doesn't have a leg to stand on, but I don't even know if she's been, as far as I know, she hasn't been charged with anything. And the guy, the blind guy, has had to go to court. So anyway, so Kurt's helping him. He's got the cop on the stand, and he already deposed him, and he had, you know, he uh, suspected the guy of being uh, drugged or drunk because of his bloodshot eyes and glassy appearance and blah, blah. So he's got the cop on the stand, and the guy's there. And he says uh, to the guy, can I borrow one of your eyes for a minute? So the guy pops one of his glass eyes out, and he holds it up under the cop's nose. And then he asks the guy, he says, do you have another set of eyes uh, for when you feel like, you know, that are bloodshot, when you feel like getting loaded, going out and getting loaded? And then the guy says, no, Medicare only gave me one set. So... Uh, the the point of the whole thing is, like, you have to embarrass these people into doing the right thing. I mean, yeah. how how crazy is that? A guy gets run over by a woman that confesses, and he's the one in trouble. Yeah, lucky me, a while ago, this is way before I knew anything, this was years ago, I got hit by a bus. And the cop told me that any time a pedestrian gets hit by a car, the pedestrian is classed as a motor vehicle operator for purposes of the of the motor vehicle code. Oh, now that's that's wonderful, and that explains a lot of things. When I got run over on my bicycle, I wouldn't let anybody call the cops because I don't. Yeah, I didn't heard. have a choice. There was people everywhere. They just came. Yeah. Well, because I'd already heard of more than one occasion where bicyclists had been hit, and they always try and charge the bicyclist. In fact, uh, my friend, my Denver friend Charlene, was in that exact situation, and still hasn't gotten any satisfaction. So, yeah, it's it's that upside down world. Everything's backwards. Brave New World. My understanding always was if there's a pedestrian and car thing, the guy in the car is responsible for for what you mentioned earlier, that, yeah, you are supposed to be in control of that car at all times. So you should never be able to run over a pedestrian. Well, that's part of the reason for speed limits. So people are going a reasonable speed that they could actually stop if they have to. And that's also the reason for having a safe distance between you and the car in front of you. So you can stop in time if you need to. Kind of comes down to common sense, doesn't it? But it it also makes sense to me that if I'm walking, what kind of damage am I going to do walking into somebody or something? Whereas this guy's driving a several thousand pound vehicle, big chunk of steel, obviously there's a good chance they're going to hurt somebody if they're not paying attention. 
Right. And it also, to me, makes sense that regardless of what the situation is, if you hit another man and injure him, you're liable. You. Absolutely agree with that. Yeah, my my uh, few ounces of cotton versus your uh, 2,000 pounds of steel. Yeah. Okay, guy. Thanks for coming on the call. Going to end soon, anyways. Um, thanks for having it. Thanks. Sure. We'll try to do this again, perhaps Sunday, but I'll let you know. Um, so, I want to thank Lost Fan for supporting and being the first, and Mike, and all of us. So, thank you so much. And all have a blessed day. Thanks, you too. Talk to you soon. I God bless all. Later.